everyone. Welcome to our Tampa Bay multifamily commercial investor space. Uh, today we have our guest speaker, Don Thornton. Forgive my background noise. I am actually at the airport, but hopefully you can still hear me. Um, let me read out Don's bio. We're going to be talking about how short sales are going to be popular in 2023. Also, uh, we're going to talk about amazing tax reductions and asset protection. For example, you no longer need to use a 1031 exchange to defer your capital gains taxes. By using this trust, all capital gains taxes can be deferred in perpetuity. So that's basically the subject of today. But Don, why don't you give us an overview of who you are, where you come from, and how you came into this wonderful space sure. of multifamily. And I will place myself on mute. And everybody, if you have a question, please fire it away in the chat box. And then at the end of Don's presentation, we'll open it up for Q&A. Well, Thanks. I appreciate uh, the invitation. This is awesome to be with your guys' group. I think that what you're going to hear today is definitely going to resonate. Uh, it certainly did with me. Uh, I have been doing short sales for 20 years. In fact, you know, if you find me online, I'm Don the Short Sale Guy. I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, I consider myself one of the one of the best short sale investors uh, around. I certainly have the longevity. I mean, over 20 years, I've done at least 3,000 short sales, if not more. I frankly, I lost track. Uh, but it's a little bit thin right now, of course, because you know everything, all the all the appreciation and everything that uh, not many people upside down, especially here in Florida, which is where I'm based in Orlando. But the it's 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 uh, germane to what I'm going to talk about a lot today is because for you know in real estate investing we really have two main uh well maybe three sources of income we have you know ordinary income which is what your wholesalers your your flippers do and and for me as a short sale investor after i stopped taking title to properties and just basically started getting paid on the hud more as a consultant than as as, as someone who bought it rehabbed it and resold it then um i was getting taxed at 32 percent on ordinary income Obviously, if you're buying hold investors, you know, especially all you people here, then, you know, you're talking about that that income coming in from rents and so on and so forth. And finally, of course, when you sell uh, an investment property, then you always have the, the capital gains tax conundrum. So while I wasn't I mean, I did I have bought and hold a few properties. I always I, I did not have the landlord mentality. So I was more interested in the flip part of it. However, Obviously, you know, I deal with so many investors who buy our short sales over the years. I certainly am aware of, you know, the challenges. And frankly, I was writing big checks to the IRS all the time, even though obviously as an experienced investor, you know, you, you play the expenses game, this expense roulette as much as you can, you know, and hopefully avoid an audit. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, about two years ago, I heard about this strategy with this trust. It's called a non-grantor. Um, irrevocable complex discretionary spendthrift trust and I was invited over to dinner for a fellow a fellow investor I was only gonna go there for the prime rib I didn't want the turkey and he says ah come on over you know and and so I was only gonna expect to pay you know stay maybe an hour hour and a half max I stayed almost 10 hours because I was learning about this strategy and it, it just frankly blew my mind did my due diligence on it and realized no this is good and I dove in with both feet and I'll tell you the last two years it's the first time I mean and before that I mean once I started making really really nice money in my short sale business the first time I never had to cut a check to the IRS at the end of the end of the year uh, because everything was basically um, you know the whole system is designed to never have a taxable event 
And I tell you, it's been a game changer for me. And with my short sale business being, you know, a little slow um, than what it was. I mean, right, right before the right before the pan the, the foreclosure moratorium hit. I mean, I got 26 short sales in Florida alone, and of course, that's dropping down to maybe you're lucky to get one or two a month now. So I decided that, you know, make lemonade out of lemons, and uh, I had knowledge here that I could share with uh, investors, and not just investors, anybody that's not a W-2 employee, the principle of the system works. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start consulting and start getting this out there, and, and this is this is what I do, and it's pretty awesome. So... Here's the biggest, I'm gonna start with the benefit of the benefit, okay, for you guys. When you have investment properties, if you sell them irrevocably into the trust, which because it's an irrevocable trust, and you're the trustee, you own, you control everything. If it's an asset of the trust, any of those, of the rents and leases that are coming in to your trust, that's passive income for the trust, and those are not taxable events for this trust because of his relationship with IRS code 643. So that's a big one right there. Second of all, you know, remember the name of the trust is a non-grantor irrevocable complex discretionary spendthrift trust, which means that the spendthrift provision protects you personally and your assets that are inside your trust from any, uh, you know, uh, judgments uh, that come from lawsuits or anything else, no overturn orders, no collections, nothing. So they can't touch you. Uh, you know, if it gets in front of a judge, the judge is going to dismiss the case because there's no jurisdiction for a spendthrift trust for them to rule on. So basically, it's your get-out-of-jail-free card for uh, any kind of uh, lawsuits when it comes to uh, your properties. And uh, that's a huge thing, obviously. And then when it comes time to sell, you decide you want to sell your properties uh, or property, then you know when you, you sell it as a trust, um, as a trust asset, then there are no, I mean, any capital gains taxes are, it's not considered a, cap, a capital gains a tax event. And so as long as you keep everything inside the corpus of the trust, you don't disperse. Okay. And um, I know that was the first thing for me when I heard about this, this uh, strategy was because, okay, well, we're great. But if everything's in the trust, then, you know, well, how do I get the money? Well, you know, it was explained to me. And of course, now that I've had it for two years, I realized that, yes, I mean, um, Almost everything you do, it can be considered a trust expense. So, you know, the trust pays for, let's say, 90% of, of what you're doing, 100%, whatever your assets are involved, it, 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 it's a trust expense no matter what. For your beneficiaries, you know, only thing that it cannot pay for is what they call the three Fs, food, fashion, and fun. Other than that, most of this, most of what you do can be considered a trust expense. And so as trustee, you're paying for that out of the trust bank account and the trust chart of accounts. So it's it's pretty amazing and from that point of view. The biggest thing is that you you don't ever have to do a 1031 exchange. You don't have to park money into an opportunity zone. You don't have to fly to Puerto Rico and live there, you know, six months and a day out of every year to avoid taxes or, you know, you don't have to. It's very simple. As long as it's a trust asset, and you sell it and it comes back into the trust and stays in the corpus of the trust, then that is, uh, that is not a non-taxable event for the trust. And again, this is according to uh, IRS code 643. Now, I, it, it just doesn't, it's not just for real estate investors with investment properties. In August, I helped a business owner who was getting ready to sell his business for 700, excuse me, $7.5 million. 
and he was going to be on the hook for $1.7 million in uh, capital gains tax from the sale of his business. So we were able to, luckily he saw me on TikTok of all places, and uh, you know he reached out to me and we were able to you know move his assets, sell his business assets into the trust, they become a trust asset, and then they went ahead and did the sale of the assets to the buyer. And that $1.7 million that would have gone to the IRS went into his trust account, and now he's using it to buy more businesses and more, more property. So it's, it's a game changer. Uh, anybody that has to deal with capital gains, it's a taxes, it's, it's a game changer. On the flipping side, or on people who deal with ordinary income, which is what I mostly deal in, it's an amazing strategy because, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's 32% of whatever your pre-tax and income is going to be once it comes to tax time. So this strategy allows you to use an LLC to be as a pass-through to get the to convert that ordinary income into passive income for the trust. And that's the main thing you got to remember is if it comes in the trust as passive income then it's not, it's, it's not going to be a taxable event provided that you follow the, the strategy. And on this one, it's a little bit more complicated, but it, it's still amazingly simple when you get down to it. I'm going to use my real estate investing business as the example. Okay, So I ran my business for 18 years through an S-Corp. And so, um, so, what I, so what I did was I sold all of my business and my personal assets to the trust. Now, I, the trust did not give me money for that. The consideration was a note, okay? So my personal home, my vehicles, and then on my business, I sold every single asset, bill of sale, itemized list of whatever assets that were there with the valuation, okay? That was sold to the trust, and the trust gave me a demand note, which means that whenever I want, provided there's enough money in the trust bank account, I can withdraw from that demand note and whatever I take out is not a taxable event. And so for me personally, that's what I use for food, fashion, and fun. Everything else the trust can pay for. So if I have a million dollar uh, demand note, if I want $50,000 of food, fashion, and fun, or anything else I wanna do that's not taxable, then I just, uh, you know, the, tr uh, the trust cut, uh, cuts me a check and then uh, my demand note is is lowered from not from a million dollars to nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and so that's that's how you do that part of it. So once the assets are in the trust, I'm going to open up an LLC. And so by LLC, I'm going to make my trust a ninety percent member of that LLC. Okay. So I'm the managing member, but I only have ten percent of it. Ninety percent of that LLC. The membership is in my trust, okay? Now, because all of my real estate investing assets, including intangible, by the way, because you know, for a lot of us, uh, intangible assets are a huge part of our success. For me, I know how to get discounts from banks. I know how to be able, I know how to get exit strategies. I know how I can, all my stuff that I've been doing for 20 years, it's up here. I put that down in the bill of sale as an asset. So my S-Corp, it's still, it's still out there. I keep it just for my Better Business Bureau rating, but I don't run anything through it anymore. But my LLC doesn't have any assets. I just, I just formed it. The trust is the, is the um, uh, a ninety percent member, but the LLC has to have officially has to have assets to the assets that were sold in the trust in order for it to be able to generate revenue.
So what I do is I have the trust, me as the trustee of the trust, I sign a lease with the LLC to be able to get access, access to those assets, okay? At that point in time, I run my business like normal. I'm going out there, contacting people in foreclosure, getting referrals from you know, upside down people, doing the negotiations, getting the discounts, flipping it to, to a third end buyer, get it, you know, all that revenue comes into the LLC and so forth. So in the meantime, I got that lease going. So the IRS will allow as much as 70% of your pre-tax net income to be used as a lease payment. And you can do that monthly, you can do it quarterly, however way you want to do it, okay? So just, just for the sake of round numbers and easy math, since I was a uh, humanities major in college and not finance, uh, let's say that uh, I have a million dollars, after I've taken all my deductions and expenses, I'm left with a million dollars as a uh, pre-tax net income. So all we're doing here in this strategy is we're adding two more expenses to the LLC that's gonna drop that LLC's tax liability down to very little, okay? The first one we're gonna do is the lease, okay? So if, it's, if we can get up to 70% of that, then that's $700,000 that's gonna be sent over to the trust as a lease payment for those assets. So now we've reduced that pre-tax and income from a million dollars down to $300,000, okay? Hope you're following me on that right now. So then that leaves $300,000. So the next and last expense that we're adding to the LLC is going to be the 90% equity position that the trust has in the LLC. So 90% of that $300,000 is going over to the, to the trust as a K-1 distribution. So now, after we deduct those last two expenses for the LLC, all this left is $30,000 that you're going to calculate your taxes on the LLC side of it, okay? So that you pretty much you've reduced your LLC down to hardly any taxes at all on that, on that uh, part of the strategy. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, Don, that's, you know, that's all well and good, but what about the, uh, you know, what about the, uh, uh, the $970,000 that went over to the trust? Well, we, the, the a lease payment is a, um, is a passive income for the trust, okay? The K-1 distribution is passive income for the trust. Okay, so passive income in this situation, just like rents or leases you're getting from your from your rental, your your your, your multifamily. I cannot hear him anymore. You muted yourself. Yeah. It, it muted, yeah. Sorry about that. I didn't. Where did I leave off? Um, you were talking about the trust. Um... Okay, so I, I remember now. Okay, so basically, what we've done is we reduced the um, reduced the 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 tax the taxable income for the, the LLC down to pretty much almost nothing. We moved 970,000 of that over to the trust as passive income because a lease payment's passive income for the trust and a K-1 distribution is passive income for the trust. So therefore, just like it is with your, your uh, investment properties that are bringing in rents and leases and things like that, passive income with this trust uh, you know, can be per permanently deferred or not, not considered a taxable event. And so this way, you're good either way. Your trust is not going to—it's not going to be a taxable event for the trust. Very little is going to be left over in the LLC that's going to be taxable. And meanwhile, you've got the asset protection for all your properties. Now, um, I'm sure there's lots of skepticism here, and if you bear with me here, I'm going to read you—you know—from IRS Code 643, 
so that way you can understand this. Okay, so basically, um, you know, bear with me. I'm just you know, going to hear it from them. Okay, so it basically says that you know, Title 26, Subtitle A, Chapter 1, Subchapter 1, Part 1, Subpart A, Section 643, IRS Code 643, definitions applicable to subparts A, B, C, and D, clearly define and outline that gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to the corpus of the trust and are not required by the governing instrument, the trust, to be distributed to the beneficiaries. Okay, that's, that's the capital gains part. Now I want to talk about the passive income that we've been talking about. Okay, It further outlines that extraordinary dividends are excluded as items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends, whereas the trustee, according to the terms and conditions of the trust, in compliance with all applicable laws, uh, local laws, and the trustee acting in good faith determines that such dividends are allocable to the corpus of the trust shall not be considered income. Okay? So when you have that passive income coming into your trust, as trustee, when you're preparing your 1041 every year, then the, the passive income that comes into your trust, you declare that on the return as an extraordinary dividend as trustee. And then that's it. It's not, it's not considered taxable income. I'm just, I quote it right from, I quote it right from the uh, IRS code 643. So that is, in a nutshell, how this strategy works. Uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's 100% legal. Uh, I, I have my own consulting company. I work with the law firm out of te uh, Houston, Texas, that has this called, called the Master Trust. They've had it for 50 years. They've supported it. They've defended it. And it is, you know, I mean, I don't know how, I, what can I say? I mean, it's used, it's been used by, you know, the ultra wealthy for years. They wrote this 643 into the tax code for a large part of it. The reason was because of really, really wealthy people, oligarchs who wanted to make sure that their, their, their tax advantages stayed in the new tax code back in the thirties. And, uh, this is, um, this has been used for, for decades. It's just for a lot of us, we never heard about it. And so part of what I do now is to, uh, you know, raise awareness of how that works. So uh, before we talk about anything else, you guys want to throw me some questions and we can talk about it. I'm sure you have, I'm sure you have questions. So you said there's, there's two options. If the LC brings in a million bucks, you can sell a million bucks worth of, I guess just no, a million bucks. No, you, when you have a million dollars of pre-tax and income through your LLC, what's going to happen is you're going to, um, you're going to get, uh, you're going to have a lease payment with the trust and you're going to have a K-1 distribution. So those are going to be paid by the LLC into the trust for services rendered, right? Or for, for equity position of the LLC and for the lease. So that's how, that's how you get the money. You convert the active income coming in to the LLC to passive income for the trust. I got it. So you, you bring in a million bucks, the, the trust, the trust, the trust becomes a leaseholder yes. and you pay payment, a lease payment to the trust Yes. of 70%. Up to 70%. Yes. It doesn't have, it's not up, always 70%, but up to 80%, 70% you can do. Yes. And then you have $300,000 left in your LLC. Remind me how. And then, and then the, the, remember the trust is a 90% member of your LLC. So 90% of the money left over, in this case, $270,000, goes over to the trust as a K1 distribution for that equity position. 
Okay, it becomes a distribution at that point mm -hmm. because yeah. it's it's a 90% member of the trust. Of the LLC. Of the, of the LLC. Oh, the LLC, right, right. Yes, exactly. And at least 30,000 of the million that's taxable. Yes. So that's how you ha that's how you handle active ordinary income that's coming in. You use this you use the you run your business the LLC as a pass through and then with those two uh, additional expenses that you're adding on to the LLC, which are significantly large, of course, then once those the, once those uh, uh, payments, those expenses go clear of the LLC and go into the trust, LLCs left with very little that's taxable. Gotcha. Mhm. Mm and of course, on Oops. on the other side, on the other side, once a trust asset is you know sold into the trust, then of course, you know anything, any passive income that comes from the to the trust, like uh, lease payments and rentals, things like that, they, they come directly into the trust as a, as a passive income. And of course, that's included in the amount that you're going to declare as an extraordinary dividend as as the uh, trustee. Gotcha. What what are the what are the mainstream uh, investors being told how to manage their finances and investments meaning how nuanced is this well, how how well known is this it's or not what, well known does the mainstream know it's what not do, well what known do savvy investors know and how is yours different how is your well, strategy it's the same principle what i what i've explained is it, it works for any kind of passive investment what you would do is you would have that money that you've invested the passive income from stocks bonds forex crypto whatever it is okay precious metals whatever all that money comes in directly into the trust as passive income. So that it's easy. And Don, um, so sorry, sorry if, if I if I missed this, but I uh, came in a little late. Mm -hmm. For that leftover income in the LLC, the thirty thousand mm -hmm. uh, dollars, can you add on depre uh, property depreciation on top of that? No, because remember, your your you want your properties inside the trust, okay? So the LLC, I mean, I, I talk about the LLC strictly for active income, when you're earning active income. If you're not, if you just have investment money, then you don't need the LLC. You're just you're going to run everything through the trust, okay? So, you know, if you have, you know, I've talked to a lot of, you know, clients that, that don't have any active income. It's all investments in, in, real, in uh, investment properties. So they don't need to run. That, that, that scenario with the LLC is only for people that are actually earning money. Okay, like business owners, uh, 1099 people that make a lot of money, like I did with my flips. Okay, that's when you need to convert that active income into ordin into into uh, passive income and use the LLC to pass it through to the trust. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah, sure, no problem. And can oh oh yeah, I was going to ask, can you add multiple LLCs to the trust? Well, you can't. You're not you're not adding them to the trust. Remember, you can you can use them to run the business. And convert a majority of their income from the LLC into the trust. Okay, so a trust cannot own an entity; it can only own assets of an entity. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yes, but but okay. if you have but if you have if you have like say three different businesses, then you can have an LLC for each business, and you can you can funnel the money the same way, all three funneling into the one trust. Gotcha. Uh, hey, Don. Yeah. Just to make uh, the thirty thousand dollars, just for everybody's clarification for everybody, which I think is part of the question, is that the thirty thousand dollar goes to you as a ten percent owner, and therefore oh, yeah. you have to pay uh, yes. you have to pay taxes on that ten percent. Yeah. And whether and since you're the managing member, you actually also have to pay Social Security, FICA stuff because it's supposed to be if you 
you if you're uh, what is it uh you're an active member whatever whatever your expenses are obviously that <clears> when, <throat> we, we talked about this when i said let's say you know your pre-tax net income was a million but you would have taken right. care of the other stuff above the million from your revenue Okay, right. we're only talking about the, the once you get down right. after you expense everything out to your pre-tax net income. Yeah, that's the thirty thousand dollars, which you have to pay the well, FICA. Well, you would pay it before that. Well, whatever it is, yes, you're right. Exactly, I, you're no, right. You pay you're hundred percent because you get a K one. You're right. I agree. You get a K one and a yes. K one when you declare it, yeah, then it comes right. in, and that's when you pay it. Hundred percent. Yes. So obviously, when you're you got to manage your cash flow and to manage what your what your responsibilities are. So maybe you don't want to go that be aggressive as far as bringing it down to that low amount. That's up to you. I'm just showing you what the what the limitations right. are, the maximum you can do with with the IRS. No, because you want to show some income for everybody who's thinking, oh, let, let me run everything through this trust. Yeah. You. If you want to borrow money for a car, since yes. you don't have any income, you cannot borrow money yes. because you don't have any income. Of course, yes. So you need to be aware to always have some income someplace. Yes. Not necessarily 100%. a lot, but just some income. Exactly, 100%. I have clients that they, you know, husband and wife, that they each have about $80,000, and that's where, you know, that's that's they use that for mortgages or vehicle loans or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Right. Yeah. That's important. So at a high, high level for someone more simple like me, Mm -hmm. uh, the LLC is the beneficiary, no, or, or has the beneficial trust, beneficial interest in the trust. No, the LLC has no direct uh, relationship with the trust. You run your business through the LLC, and the trust has a lease with the LLC, and the trust is a ninety percent uh, limited member of your LLC. But so there's who's no the beneficial interest of the trust. Who's the beneficiary of the trust? Yeah. Whoever you decide you want it to be when you create when the trust is created. Like for and me, the, my wife. I'm sorry. Go and ahead. who's the trustee? I'm the trustee. If it's my trust, I'm running everything. So you're allowed to be the beneficial interest and the trustee. And I don't have any beneficial interest in the trust. I'm the trustee. My wife and my two kids okay. and my grandson are the beneficiaries of the trust. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Sure. Um, again, for people like me, like food, fashion, and fun, mm -hmm. <laughs> how do we get? that money out from the trust when you sell your assets into the trust the trust gives you a note in exchange for and, and, and not money but um, you know a no. note okay so whatever that value is you can withdraw upon that as long as there's enough money in your trust account to pay for it and that withdrawal is not considered a taxable event for you so if you have a hundred thousand dollar demand note and you pull ten out then your demand note is now reduced to ninety ninety thousand dollars Gotcha. And that's non-taxable event. That's a non-taxable event. Yes. And is that considered income as well? No. It's not no. considered. It's a non-taxable event. Oh, is this re repayments, Jay. Repayments of loans are not considered a taxable event. And you remember, a note is nothing more than a uh, that, mm -hmm. like a mortgage. Yep. You're just repaying the mortgage, mm -hmm. so you're repaying the loan. Yep. Basically, what he's saying, the simplest way that I can see it is this: you. Uh, you buy a property, immediately sell it to the trust. Or the trust buys it itself. Or the trust buys itself. But if you buy it, you now have the note so you could have access to the money. Yeah. So you immediately you buy it, sell it immediately to the trust. So it's never in your name, actually. It yeah. just goes as a pure pass through. And yeah. now you have a note. Yes. So when you sell it, you can start taking money out. And supposedly it has to go to the beneficiaries, which are in this actually, case, in this case, case actually in this in this trust, um, we don't want anything to go to the beneficiaries. Okay, because it'd be a taxable event, right? 
because his trustee, it's a hundred, it's, well, it's, it's a discretionary trust. So well, that's true, right? Have no, so you demand the note, you demand yeah. the money yourself, so yes. that you get quote unquote getting paid back. That's right. Yes. Uh, my, yeah. yeah, no problem. Now I have but, an, uh, I have an interesting case. Just one second, I'll get. I have an interesting case I'm doing right now with an investor in Cleveland. Uh, he has a uh, investor owner of I don't know, like 10, 10 apartment buildings, and the they're all free and clear. And the my the guy that is is working with me to get this deal done, you know he he's worked out the terms. It's all going to be seller financing, okay. So, but the 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 uh, owner is just adamant he's not going to pay. He doesn't want to pay any taxes on this. And so we, I was able to show him, okay, what you're going to do is the trust. You know, the, the we're going to set the trust up. Going to make, you know, the uh, uh, the owner is going to be the trustee of the trust. He's going to sell all of his assets, all these apartment buildings, into the trust. Now, on this sale, you don't want to trigger a capital gains event. So the price is going to be his initial acquisition cost minus any depreciation he took over the years. Okay, he's not going to sell it to the trust at, at at market value. Okay, so when he does that, then the my client the buyer is going to uh give him a note right okay so now uh so now the trust is going to sell so once 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 the the the, the original owner once it's sold into his trust then he the trust is going to sell those to this my buyer here my client and then he's you know then the, the buyer is going to to pay the trust the seller financing okay so now that's not going to be a capital gains event, like you said, because it's in the trust. I just quoted you from IRS Code 643. That's not considered a taxable event for this trust. And so then the seller says, well, I want, I want to take my cash out. Well, he takes it out from the demand note. For So that's how he does it. And so he said, this is brilliant. The, the owner agreed, and we're setting a trust up. The, the, my buyer's going to pay for the trust for the guy. And then uh, and then what he's going to do is that he's going to turn around and do the same thing. That once he once he owns the properties, that he's going to buy a trust for himself, and he's going to do the same thing for him. So when the original owner um, puts everything into the trust. Sells everything then, into the trust. Because it's an irrevocable trust. Irrevocable trust. Yes. And the new buyer buys the asset from the trust can he can he then sell that property at market value when it's to the new buyer of course there's no okay. there's no seasoning issues gotcha. you, you can do it and, and sell it three hours later okay so so don yes for example jay and i we have an irrevocable trust mm -hmm. we have an llc mm -hmm. and we have properties in our personal name. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying the trust buys the properties and puts it in the trust's name. Well, you sell the property, the right you around? sell that to, you okay. sell your properties to the trust. To the trust. Yes. Is that just a case of writing up some paperwork? Yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a, you can do a warranty deed, a special warranty deed, a quick claim deed, and a bill of sale. That's all it is. Okay. And then if, if so the property, running... if the properties, if the properties have financing on them, then you have to add an assignment of note as well. So that way the, the trust. Okay. Will pay for the note or refinancing. But when you're when you're out and about, who? What's your business name? Who? Who's the business? Is it the LLC? You still uh, run well, everything under the LLC? If you're just you... if you're if you're just talking about the properties that you sold into your trust, you don't need an LLC per se. 
unless you have other reasons, other income coming into that LLC you need it for. But just for your income properties, okay, then you the, the trust is the owner. Whatever your trust name is, but actually most people don't use the trust name on any documents. They use a DBA because they want the anonymity, okay? So that way, um, and then like I said, if you have other sources of income that generate ordinary active income, that's when you want to use an LLC to make sure you can lower the, 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 the uh, tax as much as you can on that income. Going back to Raphael's question, you still need to show money coming in so you can qualify for loans. Yes, so yes. you can decide how much the trust buys and doesn't yes. have. Yes. It, yeah, right. So yes. you can have a certain amount of stuff over there yeah. and a certain amount still public yeah yeah and this is i mean it's up to you to decide it's your it's your uh your business your properties i mean you decide how you want to do it with me you know i don't i don't have any buy and hold properties so you know i didn't i sold my most of my most of the sale of my assets to the trust were intangible so because uh, all my stuff is is active ordinary income although you know i do get royalties so the royalties go directly into the trust and there's no taxable event for those either so uh it's pretty cool i mean it's so flexible i mean no matter how you want to run your business you're going to get immense value. And of course, the biggest thing is you don't have to worry about lawsuits because it's all that protected is, with the spendthrift trust, spendthrift provision. So, and that, that's where we're going to go next. You know, litigation wise, um, since your name is not on it, you're just a, you're not even the, the uh, beneficiary of the trust. Uh, any worries of, uh, of uh, litigations? Well, yeah, they, they got to find you first. But listen, um, a couple of times last year, I was involved in a short sale that went bad. And uh, you know there was there was serious talk about about uh, suing not just me but the, the the broker and the title company, and you know I went to um, you know I I got a you know contacted by an attorney and I just said you know what I get you I get it you know but I just want to you know just so you understand for a full disclosure here I said I don't own anything and I'm trustee of a trust that's a spendthrift has a spendthrift provision so do with what you want. And they settled with the broker and the uh, title company. They didn't come near me. <clears throat> so I told them, I said, you're not going to get blood from a turner. And you know how attorneys are. I mean, you know, if there's money, they'll go after it. If there's no money, they can't get the money. They're not going to go after you. But no, normally the anonymity prevents lawyers doing a Google search and finding out if yes. you're even worth going ahead to sue. Right. But with the trust, is, is the are your assets publicized? I mean, can the attorneys see all about you or is, is no. it hidden? I mean, like I said, I mean, most most investors that, that I've worked with, they choose to use a, a DBA for it when they take title, uh, but the trust owns it, you know, and so then there's no, there, you know, or honestly, a lot of them don't even record it. You know, they, they keep the title, they keep the, the warranty deed or whatever, whatever document in the bill of sale, they keep in their trust book. And then when they decide to sell it, then they, uh, they give the title company to establish chain of title. So I'm, I'm sure you, you work with clients. Um, mm -hmm. Don, what, what capacity do you work and how do you help people? And can you put your contact details in the chat box? Sure, yes. Because I'm sure a lot of us want to reach out to you. For yes. Consult um, or, okay, so the yeah. way this works is that I, I have a consulting uh, business. I work with the company that has the license to the trust from this law firm. Okay. So... When someone decides they want to invest in a trust, I'm the contact person. We, you know, we, we send out the trust application. 
which is basically just what, what you want the trust name to be, who's going to set the trust up for you because it's a non-grantor trust. You cannot, be tr you cannot be trustee and create the trust. Okay, so in my case, my neighbor is the one that set up my, you know, was a, was a settler for my trust. And then he named me the trustee and then resigned. Okay, so then I became the, you know, the, the trustee of the trust. The trust is, in, is now an independent entity. And so that's what happens. So you're just, in the application, the main thing is you want to say, who's going to be the trustee? Who's going to be your settlor and who's going to be at least one beneficiary? Okay. And that's pretty much it. It goes over to you, submit it to us, and then someone from the law firm will get back to you and say, okay, just want to make sure everything's correct here. If it is, then uh, they will they will create the, you know, obviously you, you know, wire the money in and then you create the trust. I mean, the law firm creates a trust, sends it out to you, and then we help you set everything up, hold your hand, make sure everything's done correctly get your EIN number, all that stuff. And then from that point on, we're the contact. Anything, anything, you have any questions or whatever, I mean, there's no limitation. You can be, well, a month from now, it could be 10 years from now. You know, we're going to be there to support you with any questions you might have. And then obviously, obviously, uh, if you decide that you want to uh, uh, have a CPA help you that specializes in, in servicing trust clients, we can recommend a network of our CPAs over the country that can help you with that as well. And how much is this little... I uh, think costs. Uh, two point, he said. He said, "Why the funds?" So you oh, know it's going to be right. Uh, Three point <laughs> no, five million. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's it's twenty one thousand five hundred dollars is a beneficial trust. Did you put the name trust because I know it's kind of a long name in the chat box? Yeah, I'll do it right now. Hold on a second. Irre irrevocable. I know. I we non, have that. It's a left. non. Grantor, irrevocable. irrevocable, complex, discretionary, spend, thrift, trust. And my name is Don Thornton. Oops, that too soon. By the way, we're, for everyone, we're posting our recordings now on our new YouTube channel. Um, oh, great. So please, please make sure you... I put the link in the chat box and everyone else put your links in the chat box as well. Your contact details. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm a real simple person, you know, just text me. If you have any questions or want to talk more about it, just my number is there in the chat. Just send me a text and I'll go over everything with you. Uh, one thing I would like to say about this is because a lot of, you know, this always comes up um, as far as, uh, you know, credibility and how this works. Uh, you know, the, the nice thing about this trust because there's different trusts out there that are similar, and they're all knockoffs. They're not the master trust. This trust is the only one that has that got an, uh, an IRS trust private finding letter that specifically goes into this. And so what that the way that works is that somebody or some entity submits something to the IRS and says, "Would you please analyze this, you know, and make sure that we're not going to get in trouble?" Okay. And so in this particular uh, finding letter the person had a trust this trust okay and so the IRS went through this went through every every single part of the transaction and they submitted you know the uh trust private letter or finding letter okay and so it goes into detail about this IRS code 643 about the extraordinary dividend all that stuff is there so uh it's not like you're going to um you know well you know shiver under the covers at night, worry the IRS is going to break through your door and, and haul you off to jail, okay? This has all been vetted, and it's all, like I said, it's been legal. The law firm's been doing this for 50 years, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's legal and it works.
It's just people just don't know about it. That's the biggest thing is it just hasn't drifted down to our circles yet. But it is now. Now, with the um, current climate, like with like Trump or Alex Jones who getting sued, like Alex Jones got to pay like a billion dollars or more. Mm -hmm. And I I hear they're they're moving, he's moving his money into trusts. Is that Well, it's not going to work. If he didn't move it in before Mm -hmm. he started, then it's going to be fraudulent conveyance and they'll get him on that. You have to do this. Listen, I mean, I'm going to talk about the great, you know, humanitarian O.J. Simpson. Uh, you know, the Goldman's never collected on his on that judgment they got. It's like 34th million. And the reason why is O.J. had put his assets into, uh, uh, you know, this type of a trust before it ever happened. So they haven't collected a dime and will not collect a dime from him. You know, they probably should in a, if we live in a perfect world. But he was smart and got, um, you know, he got he got his assets protected. And it's the same thing with you guys. If you decide to invest in this trust, you're going to be untouchable as far as those assets go. So you can't have an existing irrevocable trust and transfer everything five years after you've owned it. You're saying you can only start up a new trust? No, no, no. I mean, if you can still. Well, I mean, this trust, this trust is the only trust out there. This trust is the only only trust that you can that you can get the the asset protection like it, with a spendthrift provision and get the tax reduction. Okay. There's other trusts out there that can do. You can get your asset protection. We're not going to give you both. This is the one that gets you both. Correct. Yeah. So the one that matters. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have I have a lot of clients that 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 take their properties out of trust they already had set up. I moved in this one because it's it's better. But just remember, you don't transfer. You sell. It's an irrevocable trust. It always has to be sold. Gotcha. Wow. This this is the yeah. Wow. Huh. The, the more percent no that we don't know yeah I know. yeah i mean like i said i love it i think it's the best i don't know why i didn't do it before and if people think that it's more complicated because it's a trust i mean i running an s corp was more complicated than, than running this it's not that hard just control your just control your receipts and, and the nice thing is is like look i've got now my kids are older now but i got a you know three and a half year old grandson now uh and the trust pays for everything for him through that money that's tax that's 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 tax exempt basically tax deferred, so the trust so the trust pays for it. I mean, school, clothes, food, you know, whatever, uh, education. He's a tutor. Great, you need to go here. Trust pays for everything, so it's amazing. Uh, so, like I said, the biggest revelation for me was that you really don't need as much cash as you think because so much of what you spend and use in your life can be a trust expense, and the trust pays for it. And the word irrevocable means you can, what does that mean? In once you sell, once that tr- asset's sold to the trust, it's the trust property. Gotcha. Okay. So you just can't use it as a holding pen and move stuff in and out. So that's why I always say, I always correct people when they say transfer. No, you're not transferring, you're selling everything into the trust. Now you're the trustee, so you control it. You don't own it, but you control it. Gotcha. Wow. You're saying... Uh, 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 control everything but own nothing exactly exactly and if i'm not mistaken uh trustee can remain anonymous in certain states right i'm not sure about certain states but you're going to be all you're going to be on the ein number you're going to be on the bank account so i mean it's 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 problematic about how much how much you can you can be you know have the anonymity from that point of view but your trustee they can't come after you personally for anything because you're just the trustee you're not just the, the trustee exactly the trust yes. exists on its own as its the own. Trustee, you know, and is the public and, face should they find out? 
Yeah, yeah, but uh, and, anyway, if you look at, a, at your trust, your trust have a clause that says the trustee does not own anything and he's not liable for anything that may happen inside the trust. Exactly. So, so you already are protected by that clause, and that's been there for centuries, not just the last couple of years. Yeah. Plus, what a beautiful nation we live in. Plus, the trustee is not entitled to, or is not authorized to give you any information unless there's a court order specifically. Uh, compelling him to do so. So he can basically tell you, hey, it's a trust. Sorry, you're out of luck. Yep. Yeah, and this this has nothing to do with our, our topic here, but just as an aside, it's it's the best, it's actually the best prenuptial agreement you could do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I never thought of that. So if any of you guys are thinking about getting a, getting a, or, um, you know, re, you know, real life crisis or whatever, you know, I mean, if everything's in the trust, she can't get it. And if, you know, the same thing, if you're out there at Gigolo looking for a, you know, a, a nice older woman that they can keep thinking, you know, you can write off of her success. Can't do it either. You know, so that's just an aside. So, right. Wow. That's a good suggestion. And by, and by the way, you know, and by the way, I had a, I had an inch, I had a, a, a zoom about a month ago with some investors in California and this question came up and it was like, I never heard about it, but this woman, she, as part of her charitable acts, she would um, sponsor uh, teenagers and help them go through school and everything like that. But she says, my biggest concern is, you know, what happens? They get on drugs or whatever and different things. And, and I say, with well, this trust, boot them out in, in a New York second as trustee because you have 100 percent discretion. So you can remove or, or you know, add beneficiaries whatever, and they have no say. Not at all. Okay. That, what would be her title then? She's the trustee. She's the trustee. Mm -hmm. And she she includes another person in the trustee. Well, it, it, you can have co-trustees, but somebody has to have ultimate authority because it's a discretionary trust. So uh, you can have two trustees, but one of them has to be a compliance officer or trust guardian. It can be it's different, different uh, uh, names for it, but it's the same thing. One person has control of the trust. Gotcha. It's important because because the, the the trustee has to have one hundred percent discretion because that not is just for it's not just for working with with uh, beneficiaries and handling the trust expenses. It's it's also important because that person has to have one hundred percent discretion to clear, to declare that passive income coming in as an extraordinary dividend on your ten forty one. Okay. So it's not just about the beneficiaries. It's also about signing that 1041 and declaring that all that in, all that income coming in as an extraordinary dividend. And you only need, from what I understand, just one one of these trusts. You don't need to. There's no, no need to set up multiple no, of these. No, 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 not at all. One trust fits all. Now, like I said, if you have different businesses, you can set up different LLCs for each business. And the, the money, the, the lease payments and the K-1 distributions from each one of those entities is going to go into one trust. Gotcha. Yes. Hey, Don. Um, go ahead. In case of any sudden death, um, what happens if there is no will or, you know, the uh, – you know, how did that get – You don't need a will for this. Um, and also, by the way, there's no estate taxes you have to worry about when you when everything's in this trust. So what this is the way you work it. I'll just show you from my my uh, my perspective. So I am the trustee of my trust. My wife is the successor trustee. Okay. 
So now if something happens to both of us, my older daughter, Natasha, she will be the successor trustee for my wife. The trust does not die, even no. if you do. No. And you re all you have to do is renew it every 21 years. And by renew it, you have a paper in your trust book that you basically sign notarize and say, I'm renewing this trust for another 21 years. It doesn't have to be recorded anywhere. That's why this is advantageous from a, uh, um, uh, you know, when you die and you pass stuff on down okay. the line. Mm -hmm. uh, this avoids all those uh, inheritance taxes. Yes. The Rockefellers have had their trust for for uh, since 1914, yep. and they have some like 350 plus members in the in the trust, and it's been going on for like it's like four or five generations now. And that's because really, that's really the, the trust want. is its own separate legal entity, mm -hmm. and it, it continues to live on whether you do or not. And the trust owns all the assets; the beneficiaries can enjoy them, but yep. there's no there's no inheritance tax. So the difference so, between what Raphael and Dennis know, we all know, understand about trust, but it's the wording, it's the type of trust that's your niche, is your, that you're differentiating with yes. everyone else's trust, right? Like I said, okay. this is the only so, trust out there that you could get the 100% asset protection and get the amazing tax reductions. Understood. Right. Um, Gene has a question, and I think maybe we answered it by saying uh, he says what does somebody need to qualify for loans if everything should be owned by a business business credit is the way to go right yeah Control you build your trust your trust can build business credit as well yeah yeah so you can do it one of two ways or both you know you have enough of you keep enough out enough income out to to uh get your own uh, financing under your name and you can be building your um your trust your, your your business credit for your trust Fabulous. Go ahead. I kind of did. You say that this the trust that you're speaking of specifically is the one that um, you need someone else to. Yes, it's uh, a non it's a non grantor you? trust. Yes. Okay, so, so any other trust you can have someone you well, can do it on your own. Yeah, but a, a grantor trust is considered by the IRS to be an alter ego of yourself, so you'll get zero tax advantages from a grantor trust. Okay. Think, Great uh, information, Don. I think Gordon has his head. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought if I um, sell everything to my trust, how does the insurance work? Like, does it work any differently? No, the, the, like, the, the insurance becomes a trust expense. The insurance pays the policies. Mm. So the insurance is paid from the trust? Yes, it's a trust expense. And, and it just becomes uh, an additional insurer in the policy. Yes. That's what I think they're concerned about. Oh, yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. This is, honestly, this was mind blowing. It is. It absolutely is mind blowing. And, you know, like I said, reach out to me. Uh, I'll be glad to do a one-on-one -on -one session with you for free, go over everything, how it works and so forth. But as an investor has been doing this for 20 years, I, you know, I don't know why anybody wouldn't do it. And cause there's no, there's no, there's no uh, negative about it, except maybe the fact that obviously if you're, if you're not showing any income, then you've got, you know, financing issues of trying to be able to, but that's, that's a workaround. You can do that. But I'm just saying that, um, since I don't really don't buy stuff, I mean, for me, it's perfect. So I don't, I show, I mean, I could qualify for food stamps, frankly, <laughs> you know, I mean, and I'm fine with that, honestly. But, uh, no, I mean, like, again, like I said, there's no way, I mean, there's people, I talked to somebody, I talked to somebody recently 
he moved he moved his family to Puerto Rico for the four percent tax rate. Okay, he he reached out to me on TikTok and said, Don, my wife gave me an an ultimatum: divorce or we move back to Texas. Okay. And so I just had two questions. Why would you go back to Texas? And then the second yeah. question. <laughs> That's the main question. <laughs> and the second question. Now, I used to live in Houston, so I, I can say that. Um, and the second question was, you don't have to. You know, and I explained it to him. He says, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. You bought a trust next week, and then and then now they're moving. You know, uh, and so not to Texas. Well, they're unfortunately they're going to Texas, but that's his wife. She made that call. But uh, but seriously, there's no reason to. And I've talked to people who said, you know, they're in, you know, uh, opportunity zones and their money's frozen for 10 years. It's crazy what people are doing to avoid capital gains tax. And, and these 1031s that are insane, you know, where you don't have to do anymore. It's just a simple sale. And the money comes in. No capital gains tax will ever be paid. So that alone is worth the price of admission as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, I appreciate, unless she has any other questions, I appreciate you guys having me on. This has been fun. I always love talking about this. Absolutely. Go ahead, We're going to have to have you come back for the short sales part of it. Yeah. I know, I know yeah. that's a whole nother. I figured this would resonate more than the short sale side since short sales are kind of slow. Sure. Right you know, but, um, so Don, you, you put your number in the chat box for everyone and just, yes, he did. Yes. Um, just remember, everyone, you can press the three uh, dots and you can save this chat. Also, just to let you know that we're going to be um, putting our recordings on our, to our YouTube channel. But in case you don't want your numbers to be publicized, just don't say them out loud and just put them in the chat box and um, your number will remain private just for this group. So yes. it's important just to keep it in the chat box. And this Don, might not, I really appreciate. If I can just add one more thing, um, this may or may not interest you guys. Those some some it will, some it won't. I also have an affiliate program, so if anyone is interested in helping to promote it, I make some money out of it as well. I want to promote awesome. it. Yeah, just, yeah. Just reach out to me. Okay. Done. Okay, we've got your number. Everyone's got put the chat box details in there. Thank you so much, Don. Such Thank a pleasure to meet you. I appreciate it. And we'll be in touch for right. sure. We're gonna have to have dinner when I come back when we come back to St. Louis. Oh, absolutely. I tell you what, I am Don. so I'm Jonesing for some Emo's pizza and some uh, toasted ravioli on the hill. Oh right. yes, yes, Jay's yeah, taking we'll me there. Yeah, so we'll do that. We'll go to the hill. All right, awesome. And uh Don Don's in Orlando, so yep. we're in Tampa, so it's perfect. So oh, you're in Orlando. Right. I'm in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So you have dinner sooner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, again, we still need to arrange our meetup in person. So yes. So we'll get that happening. 100%. Be glad to. All right, guys. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Have a great Thank day. You.